five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh. This is the WDMA. We're going to start. Have a great day. We've got some good stuff at the end. Right now, you're probably wondering if this whole thing is a joke. Sure it is. That doesn't mean it isn't real or that it won't be the best shave of your life. Harry's Razors doesn't want your business. It's supposed to be ermine. I do. They seem to hate you. And I, well, I can't say that I love you, but I don't mean you any specific See, harm. it's a little self-focused. Our country's in trouble. Conservatives are being canceled by Hollywood, the media, universities, and now Harry's Razors. Stop giving your money to woke corporations who don't think you deserve their product. Give it to me instead. Shut up and shave. Harry's Razors. Head over to IHateHarrys.com and pre-order your Founders Series Razor Jeremy's and Shaving razors. Cream Set today. Okay, so this came out yesterday. Jeremy's Razors. Okay, so you got a zillion blades, four blades, some skin care, a dop kit. Um, so let's, what is the story here? And it, there's three minutes ahead of that that I, sh that I sh shaved off, <laughs> chopped off. Okay, well, a couple of weeks ago, no, like last week. Well, it goes back farther than that. Let's get, let's get this minimized so I can see what the story is. Okay, so Jeremy Boring, the co-founder, co-CEO, and God King of Daily Wire. How could you be a co-founder and God also be God King? It seems like if you're God King, you'd be, you wouldn't be the co-CEO. <laughs> what God King would share CEO with someone else? Anyway. So he comes rolling in on his McLarens and has these fashion models around him, <coughs> Secret Service guys, to announce Jeremy's Razor. So apparently the Wire, Daily Wire, um, uh, Harry's Razors decided to, to decided to stop advertising, which is their choice. In fact, Jeremy even says it in the article. Uh, you know, they can advertise wherever they want. Um, but if, but he said, but why are conservatives continuing to buy from companies that, you know, keep trying to cancel everything that they, that they are about? And there's something to that. I, I know that, um, I don't always agree with the positions that are taken. And in fact, specifically did a show on the potential downside for Gillette when they came out with their toxic masculinity, um, series of ads. And um, my follow-up show, I, I noticed that uh, <laughs> that Gillette had lost about $6 billion for, uh, who owns them, Procter & Gamble or something? They were like their only negative division, uh, and sales were d way, 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 way down. Because, you know, I mean, I'll buy a wide variety of products, and I don't think about it a whole lot. But if somebody's going to poke me in the eye and say, you're bad and buy our product, well, that goes against a lot of marketing principles, I think. So anyway, so uh, a couple of weeks ago, Ben Shapiro had a cut on his neck. I don't know if you can see that cut on the neck right there. And he says, Harry's, it, it was a tweet and it says, Harry's drew first blood. So, you know, but they all agree Harry's can... Advertise where they want. And Harry's, I'm not even sure, you know, I think that's stage myself. Because Spy, who wrote this article, said that Harry's is really a good, good, good razor, but they have a debate internally on whether you should have two, three, or four blades and whether that matters. I use a, a track too. 
of course i don't shave very much anyway so this is sort of what can happen if you take a big stand uh harry's defends themselves saying that they they donated over eight million dollars to uh mental health assistance to men now by men i'm i'm assuming they mean people who choose to identify as men because that's what started the whole thing uh the uh the guys at Daily Wire did a show about how just because you call yourself, whatever you call yourself, you know, you call yourself God, you may not be God, Jeremy, and also a lot of other things. So anyway, it's a long article, and I'll let you peruse it if you go over to WDMA.org. Okay, so Nike sales way up, uh, way, 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 way up. Now, I wish um, the author, Sarah, Sarah, I wish you would have said this is monthly sales. It's not annual sales, obviously. It might be quarterly sales. It doesn't say. It just says latest financial reports. Could be weekly sales. Could be daily sales. Could be anything. So it would be nice to put somewhere in here what time period that was. Um, but otherwise, you know, wonderful. Uh, revenues grew 5% to $10 billion. Uh, direct sales, Direct sales gained 15%. Woo! And digital sales jumped 19%. Now, I'm not exactly sure what the difference is, you know, because most of direct sales these days are digital, right? Even a catalog usually has a website that you place your order on, okay? And their overall brand sales climbed 18%, um, while Converse lost 1%, okay? Slipping to under 6 100 million. Uh, China did drop 8%, but they said that was some about uh, something about the supply chain and that sort of thing. Now, my point is, is that direct to sales is powerful. Direct to consumer sales is powerful. And, you know, back in the 80s, we were teaching people how to communicate with their customers and automate the communication process. And in the 90s, I thought all the big manufacturers would go direct. The problem was, that when a manufacturer goes direct, oftentimes their catalogs are boring, if not ugly. And um, the same in this, you know, it's not because you can't do a beautiful catalog with tennis shoes or something. It's because manufacturers tend to focus on their product. And the main reason there's manufacturing distribution and distribution and retail is because the manufacturers focus all their energy on the features of their product and cost cutting and those kinds of things. Their product, they are almost always 100% product focused. Whereas the retailers are almost 100% customer focused because the products come and go, manufacturers go in and out of business, whatever, they change lines. Uh, they're always trying to do better, but their focus is when a person comes in the door, you know, do we have something that they want? And because of that mental shift, it's not so easy to do direct to consumer. But once it happens, and here's, uh, and down here, Nike is operating. This is Jonathan Comp. Okay, Jonathan is an analyst. And he says, Nike is operating from a position of strength within its Nike marketplace category by cutting wholesale doors. Okay, what happens with those reductions now greater than 50%, um, 
Nike's digital direct-to-consumer sales reached 26% of sales. That sounds like it's the combination of the of these two numbers. Uh, that's the no, that's that's the combination of the percentage growth. Anyway, um, Nike's also opening some stores, Nike Live stores. But basically, the idea is is that if you can go direct consumer. When you can go direct to consumer, if you can make that work, if you can get a significant enough percentage of your sales to come through that channel so that no one retailer can dictate your business, then you're in a position of strength because then you can you can make it work even when you get canceled. Um, and I think we saw that with um, the pillow guy. Uh, <laughs> Mike the Pillow Man, uh, who, you know, who I amped up his direct-to-consumer when he got canceled by almost every major retailer, which speaks to the Jeremy's issue that, uh, you know, that you can get canceled for your opinion these days. And so you should have a way to go direct. And uh, and so if you want to talk to me direct, join the WDMA. Get over there. Let's have the meetup tomorrow. It's going to be fun. We've already got some really great people registered. Um, both coasts represented, and uh, we're trying to get the USPS to show up. So anyway, the foundation, now this is a great article. Calla Murphy, she's from Bilardi, uh and Wong. Direct-to-consumer growth is changing radically. And she makes the case that, um, that there's some real advantages to going direct-to-consumer, and she specifically mentions Nike. But this article, I think, came out before the, those big financial results. Uh, she says they now sell 40% of its product direct to consumer, although they said 26%. So, you know, not sure on that one, um, but they're working on it. And um, she suggests that Facebook, Instagram, uh, etc., are oversaturated with rising costs per thousand and targeting that no longer delivers profitable results, partly because of the going away of third-party cookies. Um, she then points out that you should never rely on one or two channels for growth. I think that's always sage advice, and that's what the direct-to-consumer gives the uh, gives the manufacturer, gives an alternative to traditional distribution. Um, but she means she means not just mar- uh, not just distribution channels, but marketing channels, and suggests that direct mail is a is a viable option. Uh, hundreds of direct-to-consumer brands have launched direct mail and catalog programs because the results are strong and work in tandem with digital channels. And you may not know this, but the way I got started in direct marketing was launching catalogs from scratch. Um, and so it's a particular passion of mine. Uh, and oftentimes it can be a branding device. So it's an advertising vehicle it's always good to think of it in uh, to and co- it's cost justification in a couple of the different angles but mostly as i mentioned yesterday direct mail gives you an a leg up on machine learning and ai because we know who got mailed and who engaged without buying so we have the null set the yeses and the nos but we've identified both groups whereas in mass media you know, you run a commercial, you can identify who buys. That's not hard. Who, who goes to your website? That's not hard. What's hard is to identify the people that that saw it 
and paid attention to it because most people aren't paying attention or even aren't even in the room. You don't even know where it airs if it's broadcast TV, right? So, um, so first party data is magic. You know, when you can sell direct, you get that first party data. You know how many times they bought, you know, when the first and last time they bought, you know, how much money they spent over the years. Um, and so first party data really allows you to launch dramatically. There's a little case study in here, uh, by stitch fix and, uh, Online revenue shrank during the early days of the pandemic, and then it used its first-party data to model non-subscribers. In other words, they were purchasers, but they didn't go for the entire program, and offer them one-off purchases without committing to a subscription. The results speak for themselves. Stitch fist fit. <laughs> Stitch Fix increased revenue threefold, 300%. I would have liked that there as a result of this approach. And so, uh, you know, always marketing to your customers is a great thing. Even, even though you think your customers know what you sell, know who you are, love your product, it's not top of mind. It's not the, I don't drive around, the, I drive around the car thinking, when am I going to do my taxes and things like that? I don't go around thinking, you know, when's the next time I'm going to enjoy a new couch pillow? Just doesn't, it's not in my head. Okay. No Bull connected with 2,500 members. They chat continually. It's a direct-to-consumer footwear and apparel brand uh, who for athletes. And um, com many companies, brands like Glosher, Allbirds, and and a way employ hybrid strategy, selling a limited uh, selection of merchandise on Amazon to intercept product searches and then migrate the relationship back to own channels. Allbirds, of course, according to yesterday's report, ha is having disappointing profitability. Sales are up, profits are down. So maybe they need to go with mail. And what I like best from Kala is today's successful direct-to-consumer brands are best-in-class digital organizations Constantly tuning their marketing mix, consistently testing. That's what I like to see. She mentions testing. And that's the thing that you can do that with digital somewhat. But, you know, overall holdout test, impact test, uh, incremental lift tests, those work best with mail. So even if you don't think you're going to, you know, generate 25, 30, 40, 50% of your sales via direct, you do want to do some mail. To probably with your catalog, with your with your customers, just to get that that secret information. Thanks for the great article, Kala, and of course I'll tag you. Have a great day. Bye bye.